Good evening. Uh, for the Bible readings tonight, there's two of them. And the first one is from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 4, which is on page 1669 in the Bibles on the pew. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And then the second one is from Mark chapter 7, verses 1 to 21, which is on page 1435 of the Pew Bibles. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of their elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as washing cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders? instead of eating their food with defiled hands. He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commandments of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, You have a fine way of setting aside the commandments of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honour your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, that is, devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like that. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked? Don't you see that nothing enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into the heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, 
Thanks for that, Mitch. Hey, friends, I want you to keep both of those Bible readings. Try and keep your places in both of them because we're going to look at both of those readings as we work our way through thinking about the fifth commandment to honour your father and mother. So Ephesians 6 and Mark 7, do keep your places there. Hey, I'm going to pray for us, just that God might open his word to us. Let's pray. Father, we ask and pray that you might be at work in us right now. Father, by your word and spirit, help us to understand the world as it is, to see the way that you have made this world. Father, as we think about the way you have made uh, parents and children to have relationship, we ask that we might have wisdom and insight and understanding. And Father, we pray that we would trust in your son, the one who is the great son. Father, we ask that we might see him and put our trust in him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this week I was down at the crossing, the lights just here uh, near King George Square. And I don't mean to do this, but you know my ears were flapping. I was overhearing a lady who was there on her phone to one of her children. And she's there, and I'll kind of give you some snippets of the conversation. She was trying to tell her, her child how to cook pasta. Uh, the conversation went something like this. No, you don't put it straight in the water. You boil the water for it first. Once it's boiling, then you put in the... Look, okay, well, just keep going. I wouldn't have done it that way. Look, just bring the water to a boil. The water has... The water... No, the water has... Is the water boiling? And on, and on the conversation went... Now, I'm going to stop there because, you know, I think it's just too rude for me to, to share every detail. I looked around, actually, and saw everybody else at the lights had the same bimmy smile on their face that I did. You can kind of imagine the scene at home, can't you, as there's someone in the kitchen at home trying for the first time to cook pasta. Now, this is why parents matter. They give children life and then they shape them and prepare them and they teach them how to live and they teach them everything from cooking pasta to driving a car or even just being a human being. We kind of know, even in our culture, our society, our day, that parents are kind of, they're kind of important. Um, actually, in any Disney movie, if you really want to give a challenge to the hero, hero or heroine, you just bump off one or both of their parents in the first five minutes because you need parents. Isn't that true? So this command, it's going to be easy to apply tonight, isn't it? It's going to make total per perfect sense. It'll be really straightforward. Parents, you need them, so honour them. But we know that's probably not going to be the case. Uh, we actually know that our relationship with our parents can be all kinds of messy and complicated. Uh, Philip Larkin is an English poet who wrote a poem about parents, and I'm going to edit this heavily for church use. This is what he said. They mess you up, your mum and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. Kind of captures uh, something of the complexity of having parents. How do we honour them? I think another thing that might make it tricky is our culture. Uh, we live in a moment in our day and age in Australia. Parents, they're not seen as completely benevolent. They kind of represent a threat to your independence and self-discovery. See, if the purpose of life is to find out who you really are, to discover your true inner identity, having someone over you is literally just the worst. 
Honour your father and mother. I'm going to suggest to you tonight that it's probably not going to be as simple as it might seem. Um, Over the next few minutes, I don't think we're going to get answers to every challenge that we've raised, but I'm hoping tonight we can see something of the goodness in God's design and something of how to live this command. Uh, So I want to do a couple of things. Uh, First tonight, I want to unpack what the command is. We'll spend a bit of time thinking about the command itself. And then I just want to go to the New Testament and look at two ways that the New Testament applies the fifth commandment, honour your father and mother. Uh, So first, what does it mean? Uh, Let me unpack it for you. Um, If you didn't notice, the uh, the fifth commandment marks a change in the Ten Commandments. Uh, We looked at the first four commandments at the start of this term. And if I can summarise it this way, they were all kind of vertical, right? They were concerned with your relationship with God. This commandment, the fifth commandment, marks a bit of a change in direction to what is sometimes called the second table of the law. And over the next few weeks, we'll see that all the following commands are horizontal. They're about our relationships with each other. Don't lie, don't steal, don't murder. And at the start of the second table of the Lord, the, the, the law, pardon me, the first of these more horizontal commandments is to honour your father and mother. And I think that's a fitting place for it to be. It's fitting to begin with that command. Because that commandment, it's the relationship that shapes the rest of our relationships. For better or for worse, your parents are going to shape the way that you think about, well, everybody else in your life. So what are we to do? Well, we're to honour them. Uh, Now, the Hebrew word for honour is to consider them as heavy or weighty. That's kind of literally what it means. It's not a comment about your parents' weight. This is to treat them and their office, the office that they represent, with some honour. Their opinion, their presence, their teaching has gravitas, we might say. Do you understand what I mean when I say that? Uh, That word for honour is the word that we use for God's glory and his honour. This word really does have some weightiness to it. Honour your father and mother. Now I think I need to say here tonight that I don't think parents are always in and of themselves deserving of honour. And we don't honour parents always because they deserve it. Maybe a good way of thinking about it is to think of it like this. We honour the office. Um, I'll confess to you tonight, um, as a parent, I am painfully aware of all the times where I haven't been the parent who has lived up to all the responsibilities of the office. And this morning I said to all the parents who were here this morning that I don't think we should hear this command and think, yeah, you've got to respect me because I'm your parent. I hope instead we're thinking, I want to be a good, honourable bearer of the office. Now, I want to look at those two different ways that the New Testament takes this commandment and applies it. All right? The two different ways that it it, uh, talks to us about honouring our parents. And I think it has a different shape at different times in our lives. 
So first, here's a word to the young, to children, to those who are dependent on mum and dad. Honouring your father and mother means to obey them, to do what they say. Uh, If you want to come with me to Ephesians chapter 6, I'll work our way through that text just for a few moments. Uh, The Apostle Paul, in the letter to the Ephesians, he starts at the start of chapter 6 saying, Children, obey your parents for this is right. And then to back up his point, he quotes the fifth commandment. Because honour your father and mother. Now I think the Apostle Paul is telling us here that even though the law was given to the people of Israel, we are still part of the same moral universe where this command makes sense. Uh, This is not a thing that belongs only in the Old Testament and has no cachet, no use for Christians. No, it still applies. Children, if you are a person who is dependent on your mum and dad, you should do what your parents ask. It's right. I don't think I've ever stood in front of a crowd like, uh, like this before and preached a more middle-aged thing, but there you have it. It's, it's actually what the Bible says. It, it's right for children to obey their mum and dad. Uh, when your parents ask you to do something, do it. Children, obey your parents. Now, the good thing here is that Paul doesn't just simply give us a command and say, yeah, you've got to go do this just because... He actually gives us a reason why the command is there. I want you to read on with me in in, uh, verse 2. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Honour them because there's a promise tied up with with, with this. It will go well with you if you do and you may enjoy a long life. Now, I need to say what this isn't saying. I don't think it's saying if you obey your mum and dad, God gives you spiritual brownie points. Nor do I think it's saying that God promises an extra year of life for every time you're nice to your mother or father. I think this is saying that in this world, generally speaking, obeying your parents works well. It's good for you. You should listen to them. Because they keep you alive. They grow you up. The wisdom that they have is worth listening to. So listen to them. Now I'm going to say, um, as I look back on my younger years, I think the fact that I am still alive is because of my mum and dad. Uh, Years back, when I was younger, my brothers and I had this wonderful book called The SAS Survival Guide. It was written by an SAS paratrooper and it had everything in it that a 10-year-old boy needed to know about surviving in suburban Brisbane. Uh, How to trap food, how to skin wild animals, all the good stuff. Uh, This book was taken off me by my parents after an incident that involved what's known as a bow and arrow trap and my grandfather's cat. But anyway, ask me about it later. Um, As I think back over my childhood, my parents are the reason that I'm still alive. Are they the reason I'm here? When we are young, we need to hear our parents, heed our parents, so that it may go well with you, so that you may live a long life on the earth. And parents, if you become a parent, remember that parents are foundational for human flourishing. There is a connection, a observable connection in the real world between parents who parent 
and better outcomes for their kids. Uh, Kevin DeYoung, uh, in his commentary on the Ten Commandments, he writes this, uh, anyone in the social sciences field, whether liberal or conservative, has to acknowledge that study after study has shown that the best predictor for health as an adult and for making it through school and staying out of jail and keeping off drugs and whatever other pattern of social benefit, it's what happens in the home. That's the formative power of your parents. Now I want to say, yep, sometimes they will stuff it up, sometimes they will make mistakes, but I want you to see the goodness of God's design here. Now, Paul has a word in this chapter 2 for parents. Uh, If you're following along with me in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, come to verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. This is a favourite verse. Well, it was a favourite verse of mine as I was growing up. Here's what parenting must be. Don't exasperate your children. And the sense of that word is to, to not frustrate them or to embitter them. Uh, with your parenting, don't parent in such a way that you grind your children down and you leave them frustrated and embittered. And you might do this by well, not having favourites or not criticising to the point where they give up hope or not nitpicking. Don't exasperate them. Don't parent them in such a way that they need to come and spend lots of time in my office working out how to forgive you. If I can cast this in terms of the fifth commandment, be a parent who is easy to honour. And I've got to say, I'm actually really glad that Paul puts this little verse in this passage as we're hearing about honouring your father and mother because we need to remember that parents do not have unaccountable power over little people. God has things to say about the way that parents parent. And parents need to parent in a way that pleases him. Now tonight I want to give a particular word of warning to those of you who are here and those in your age bracket, which is much younger than me. I just want to warn you that honouring your parents is going to get a bit more complicated as you get older. As we become adults ourselves, the shape of what it is to honour our parents changes. We honour them, we listen to them, we respect them, we honour them. But it's not with the kind of obedience perhaps that a two-year-old might have. We still honour them, but honour takes on a different shape. You see, if your parents have done their job, they they will have prepared you so that you can live in the world and stand on your own two feet. Honouring your parents changes shape. And this might happen when you reach adulthood and leave the family home. It might happen as you leave your parents and you yourself become married. You leave your father and mother and you're united to your spouse like in Genesis 2. But all of a sudden... You are going to find yourself an adult and I just want to warn you that this is going to bring lots of tricky moments where you have to work out what it is to honour your parents as an adult. Now friends, I mentioned at the start that there were two different moments that the New Testament, uh, uh, where it takes the command to honour our parents, our mother and father, and two ways that it it applies it. I want you to come with me to the second one. 
where it talks about what we might do as our parents age. Honouring them might mean that we support them. Do you want to come to Mark chapter 7 with me? Mark 7. Now we're not going to go through all of Mark chapter 7. I'm just going to give you the background. Jesus is here in the middle of a controversy with the Pharisees and he's critiquing them about their practice of giving money to the temple. Uh, the Pharisees had this practice of leaving, I, I guess it's kind of like leaving money in your will for the church, right? They would set aside money that they had for the temple specifically. And that sounds kind of generous, but it's actually not as generous as it sounds. Uh, this is what they would do. They would actually lock it away so that no one could touch it, not even their parents. And so I want you to imagine the moment when their parents come to them in a moment of need, as they're ageing, as they're sick, as they're unwell, and they, they need help. And they, the, the Pharisees would say to their parents, Mum and Dad, I am, I'm so sorry. I would love to give you some money to help you out, but I've set aside all my money for the temple. What a shame. I just can't help you in your hour of need. It's kind of vile, don't you think? It's pretty underhanded. It has all the appearance, appearance of holiness, but it covers over selfishness. And Jesus calls this out. I don't know if you remember the line from Mark chapter 7, just a, a few verses in there, where he says, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. Jesus' accusation to them is you keep some human tradition and you disregard the fifth commandment where it says, honour your father and mother. They dishonour their parents, their ageing parents, as they come to them in their moment of need. Now let me just say that the early church was known for caring for the sick, for the poor, for the orphans, and even for parents who were in need. Uh, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy um, about what to do with widows in the church, he writes this, give proper recognition to those wi widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should first uh, learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. Isn't that great? The Apostle Paul made that really awkward and practical. Here's what you do. Some, a part of honouring your mother and father might actually mean looking after them when they need it. Looking after them as they age. Looking after them as they are unwell. Now, I actually reckon this is going to become a bigger and bigger issue in our world. Um, our society is ageing. Uh, if you don't know this, there are less and less children being born. In some countries, actually, in Asia... They are way below the replacement rate. In Australia, the average age has risen dramatically over the past 30 years. We have lots of senior citizens and that trend is just going to continue, the demographers tell us. And you can hear from time to time in the way that the media speaks that the elderly, they are a little bit of a burden. I've actually got to say, I think this is a place where the church is going to increasingly stand out as different. As we honour our parents as they age. You see, we, we believe that all people are valuable. The sick, the poor, the, the elderly, they have moral weight. And we believe that our parents have moral weight. That they should be 
honoured, even as they age. So let me try and tie some themes together for you and and leave you with a couple of thoughts about how we might honour our father and mother. I want to just summarise it for you. First, I think we might need to say yes. Uh, If you live under your parents' roof and you are still their son or daughter, say yes. Listen to them. Uh, I think that's going to be hard sometimes and profoundly countercultural, but you can bring joy to your mum and dad simply by listening to them and doing what they say. God has actually placed them there for your good to help you grow. Second, I wonder if maybe we need to say sorry. Um, I'm not proud to say this, but I can think of many times where I was not the son my mother or father deserved. Maybe we do need to say sorry. Um, There are also times where those of us who are parents might need to say sorry to our kids for the times where we have not been the parent that they needed. Finally, one other thing we might need to say is is simply hello. We can honour our parents simply by talking to them, calling them to speak to them and and saying hello. Um, A couple of weeks ago, Emma's family, uh, her parents rang us And um, they started the phone call like this. We know you're really busy, but I was thinking um, maybe we need to spend a bit more time talking to them. Friends, as we're going through this series, I think one thing that can happen to us is that we begin to feel the weight and burden of the law and we are weighed down by guilt or sadness or frustration with it. And I think it's really focused in this commandment because our families can be places of deep heartache and sadness. I get that. And so if that is you tonight, I want you to remember that this is not the whole story of the Bible. The Bible actually is the story of the Lord Jesus, who is the example par excellence of the son who obeyed his parents and honoured his father. Remember that moment when he was there in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was saying to his father, not my will but yours be done. He was the son who faithfully went to the cross so that our rebellion might be forgiven. He did that so that our failures and shortcomings might be paid for, so that we might start again. Now friends, we are sons and daughters of God because there was a son who faithfully honoured his father. Let's give thanks for him. Why don't we pray? Father in heaven, we do come before you first to say that we are sorry for the ways when we are, those times and places where we have not honoured our father and mother as we should. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, for the way that he shows us a perfect sonhood. Father, we thank you that he was faithful to the end. And Father, we ask that we might trust in him. We pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.